0: Welcome to Hollywood 2.0. This is Peter Katz. On today's show, we have Frank Rose, the author of *The Art of Immersion*, a book that explores how the entertainment industry is rapidly evolving because of the internet.
1: Okay, so I've been a writer at Wired since um, since about 1999, and. uh, uh, I spent most of that time reporting on sort of the intersection of media and technology. I was uh, reporting for Fortune before that and, uh, and before that for Premier magazine. So um, I've actually spent quite a bit of time uh, covering all this. And what, what I began to realize around 2007, 2008 was that uh, somehow a new form of storytelling was starting to emerge. I, I didn't quite understand it, but it clearly had a lot to do with the Internet, uh, you know, clearly had to do with digital technology, and it was as if as much as the Internet was changing, uh, you know, challenging business models, it was also changing the way that stories were actually being told. So I wanted to learn more about this. That's how I got into writing the book.
0: All right, and how does your per- uh, your perspective change after you finish writing a book? Do you come into it with this kind of thought process, and you stick from that to the very end, or are you exploring the the story, and when you leave it, you feel that you've, your views uh, radically change?
1: Sure. I was really more exploring it than anything else. I, I, when I started, I didn't quite understand what was going on, and that's that's really why I started to write the book. I, I wanted to kind of figure it out. I knew that something was happening. Uh, um, that, you know, I had interviewed a lot of different people in, uh, you know, web video, for example. Uh, I'd interviewed people who were, you know, sort of Hollywood professionals who had gotten into to doing web video in the uh, wake of the um, Hollywood writer's strike, and, uh, you know, people who had been uh, writers in television and who had then gone on to, to write video games and who were kind of experimenting with web video as a way to kind of marry the two, you know, the the. The um, uh, sort of uh, emotional connectedness of video and the uh, and the interactivity of video games, and uh, there were lots of things like this happening. I mean, you know, another was alternate reality games. I, I did a big piece for Wired on uh, on the Year Zero alternate reality game, which Chet Reznor did with Forty Two Entertainment, a small company in in Los Angeles, and uh you know this was this very elaborate uh, uh form of storytelling where you know really the uh, it, it was as if the the artifacts of the story were created and then the story itself were were torn up and it was all left for the uh for for the audience to to piece the story together almost to you know to sort of figure out what the story was and uh uh you know there were there were lots of things like this that were that were going on that were very um unusual and had uh you know for, uh, except in the past few years had never really been tried before so uh you know it it wasn't really possible to uh uh, um you know to to kind of wrap your arms around it, I began to uh, you know I, I just st- sort of started to see that um, uh, that this was happening and I wanted to explore it um, that's that's really what I set out to do.
0: And as you explored it, you started kind of understanding this uh, these patterns and the development in the entertainment industry and how it's and how it's intersecting with technology. As you got deeper into it, could you start putting the pieces together faster? And did you have less? Were you surprised a lot less because of uh, because you were already reporting on certain stories and they, they linked together, or was it kind of fragmented? As you got deeper down the rabbit hole, you still were you still kept on encountering these new things that were. Uh, there, there was a big difference to what you expected going in. So was that is that how you felt? Did the more give you, did the, the more questions arise from it, or did you start having more answers as you uh, or did? Wrote the book <laughs> and for Ford Act? Articles? Right.
1: Well, a, a little bit of both, but you know, ultimately, fortunately, uh, more answers than questions. Um, you know, i I began to I began to realize that every time a new form of technology comes along it takes people 20 or 30 years to figure out what to do with it. I mean, specifically a, a new form of media technology, a new type of communications like, you know, film or, or television or radio. And, you know, for the first 20 or 30 years, uh, most of what happens is, uh, very similar to to whatever technology was being used before, you know. I sort of call it the horseless carriage phase. Uh, you know, it 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 wasn't uh, it wasn't until we'd had cars for a long time but, uh, that we began to realize that they could actually function as cars rather than as you know uh, um, these these vehicles that didn't have horses anymore. Um, and it's really been the same sort of thing with with media. I mean, the the first uh, motion pictures were made with uh, a camera that was stationary, uh, you know, in front of a proscenium arch, kind of where the audience would be, and it was really like you were you were just filming a play, or uh, you know, some some other form of action like that. And uh, you know, it wasn't until uh You know several years had passed before people started to invent uh camera moves like cuts and pans and and uh fades and that type of thing because until you had a camera, there was no way to even uh, you know conceive of these things so it was a little bit analogous to that you, you know th- there's this thing that we um, call the the grammar of cinema. It's all the things that we completely take for granted now when we watch a movie or television or a video it's uh, you know it's the cuts, the pans, the fades, all of these things that that uh, you know all had to be invented and I think that's kind of where we are now with uh, you know with telling stories online. Uh, You know, we're we're inventing a a new grammar of storytelling and we've made a lot of progress, but we still haven't uh, it still hasn't really been consolidated yet. And I think that's probably going to happen in the next few years, but uh, it definitely hasn't happened yet.
0: We're still in the wild, wild west. Kind
1: of. Yeah, exactly.
0: Now, with your ability to spot trends. And uh, see kind of where like our culture is going and tandem technology. I want to give you a hypothetical question. <laughs> okay. Y- you receive millions of dollars to invest anywhere in the entertainment industry. What specific areas do you invest in, and what do you avoid?
1: Right. Uh, well, that's uh, that's that's a very good question. Um, I think you avoid uh, you know anything that's been. Uh, done anything that somebody else is already doing. And uh, you certainly try to avoid something that is dependent on another platform like Facebook or, you know, Twitter or something like that. I mean, there's always the possibility that, you know, you could be bought out. But there's um, at least equal, if not more likely, that you're, uh, you know, either, um, you know, you're, you're going to be replaced or you're going to be blocked. And um, especially now that these these companies, you know, these platforms really are, you know, trying very hard to monetize their, their businesses, and it's not uh, exactly obvious how to do that. So, uh, you know, companies like Twitter and Facebook, which... Which, uh, especially Twitter, used to be relatively—you uh, know—used to seem relatively open. Um, do not seem, uh, you know, quite that, uh, quite, quite so much anymore. Uh, um, that said, I think there are lots of, uh, of of really fascinating opportunities, and I think that among the most interesting are. Things that you can do to, you know, sort of enhance television in a way. Um, uh, I know a couple of uh, a, a couple of companies um, that I've, uh, you know, I've talked with that are, you know, doing some kind of interesting things in social TV. Um, uh, also doing, you know, similar things with books. I mean, you know, creating apps. Uh, that that relate to books and sort of extend the story, uh, you know, in another direction or take it further, take it deeper. I think anything like that is potentially very interesting. You know, obviously the devil is in the details, but uh, um, that's what I would tend to look at.
0: So avoid social networks and focus on services that extend the narrative of traditional entertainment such as books and TV shows and figuring out how to create a relationship that adds value to the IP.
1: Yeah, I think, I think in general, that's a good idea. And and I don't mean necessarily to avoid social networks uh, or social networking uh, in general, but, but I, I'd, I'd be a little bit leery of, of something that piggybacks on an existing social network. Uh, You know, uh, that said, um, the idea of creating a, a, a new uh, an entirely new social network uh, that's going to attract a lot of uh, a lot of attention um, And interest is obviously it's been done. you know look at Pinterest, but uh, uh, that's kind of a that's kind of a real jackpot situation.
0: And now we look at let's say a YouTube uh, uh, channel that that has uh that's that's working with such a powerful platform it's almost kind of a, you can, obviously you can't attack the platform problem and the content problem at the same time and if the platform strong enough you could i can imagine uh, even more businesses growing out of youtube because uh more, i could see money migrating uh, and higher cpms for these uh, businesses
1: yeah i think so i mean um you know i think internet cpms in general have nowhere to go but up and um uh, I, I'm, I'm not sure exactly when or, or, or uh, you know, how that's going to happen, but um, um, I think that, I mean, clearly what is, uh, you know, what's, what we're seeing is that people are responding very much to uh, well-told stories, and it, you know, it doesn't really matter if it's, uh, uh, you know, a really entertaining um, video or, or or a series on on YouTube, uh, you know, someone who has a really popular YouTube channel, or uh, on cable TV, um, you know, even potentially on broadcast TV. Although at this point, that's almost the least likely place to find it. Um, but but I think what you're what you're seeing is that people gravitate toward you know, really well-told stories and they want to know more about them and they want to, uh, you know, sort of immerse themselves in them and uh, to inhabit them in some way. And I think, you know, there's a lot of opportunity in that.
0: And um, moving on to uh, talking about uh, transmedia storytelling, I was wondering, how do you evaluate a transmedia project's success? Is it based on ROI? Is judged on its own or how it connects to the mothership project
1: well uh, the extent to which a transmedia story is is um, uh, you know an extension of as you say a mothership project um, I think that uh, you know I, I think eventually perhaps we'll get to the point where there isn't necessarily a mothership project where uh you know stories will be told across you know different platforms uh, you know as pretty much as a matter of course and uh, you know in a much more free-flowing manner but that said we're certainly not there now and uh, so from a commercial point of view, I think that you know most transmedia stories really exist as, uh, sort of marketing vehicles for, uh, you know, a main platform, where you know, frankly, the story can be monetized. So if it's a, you know, if it's a TV uh, show, for example, or a film, um, or or even a book, um, then I think you'd have to measure, measure the success of the of the story. Well, I mean, you know, there are different ways to. Uh, there are different ways to look at success I mean from a commercial standpoint from an artistic standpoint uh, you know from a commercial standpoint obviously it's how many people does it engage and uh, you know does it uh, you know sort of lead people to or 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 provoke interest in the uh, the the mothership um, From an artistic uh, point of view, uh, you know, that's uh, an entirely different criteria. It's, you know, does it it enhance the story? Does it add, uh, you know, does it add real value? And I think, uh, you know, in order to be commercially successful, it's going to have to be artistically successful. Uh, You know, I don't mean to suggest that these two are unrelated, um, but uh, uh, they're not the same thing
0: that there, there there's a close relationship to making obviously a great product and and being able to monetize it but sometimes it's sometimes it, it it's great but doesn't it's does not able to it's not able you're not able to monetize that value added so you know there isn't a return on investment based on quality it's simply is something that people appreciate as a, as, a, as a great piece of work but at the same time that could be a success within itself some of these oscar winning films aren't making a fortune, but they stand, on their, they stand on their own. Yeah,
1: right. I mean, it depends on, you know, it depends on what your budget is. It depends on what your expectations are and so forth. I mean, uh, you know, I, I don't think, uh, um, I, I don't really think you can do a successful transmedia effort, uh, uh, you know, s- strictly to, uh, you know, with the idea of, of monetizing it. Um, you know at this point nobody has found a way to uh, you know make it worthwhile from a financial point of view other than as a marketing vehicle for the you know for the for the main property and there certainly have been successful examples of that um, but and and you can certainly see how how things uh, you know could could develop I mean you know obviously you can, uh, you can make commercially successful television shows, you can make commercially successful video games. Uh, you know, there's a very, very interesting project called Defiance, which you've probably heard about that's coming from uh, Sci-fi in April where they're introducing a video game and a in uh, a, a TV show simultaneously that both take place in the real world. Uh, you know, sort of a post-apocalyptic story. Uh, the, the, um, uh, one of them takes place in, in, in St. Louis and the other one takes place in San Francisco, uh, but there'll be some crossover between, you know, what happens in one medium and what happens in another. And I think that's a very, very interesting project to watch We'll have to see how they do with that.
0: It what it seems like uh, a lot of the transmedia projects that do well. It seems like there's an engine, okay? And this engine is like a brilliantly written book. You know, it's Harry Potter. Mm -hmm. it's, It's some piece of work that's just so strong it drives everything forward. And on the other hand, there's other types of projects where there's a couple different. Uh, engines that are pushing it forward simultaneously so it's almost like in, t- in tandem i have the video game and then like the sci-fi channel i also have the tv show moving at once to um, gain traction do you feel it's better to have one driving it all or do you like the idea of having a couple of them pushing forward at the same time
1: well i think it's certainly an interesting idea to have a couple of them pushing forward at the same time but that said it's hard enough to 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 tell a a story really very well in one medium, <laughs> you know. Uh, very few people manage to do it, relatively speaking. So, uh, you know, I, I I think transmedia really uh, ups the ante quite a bit, and I think that's one thing that a lot of people don't fully appreciate when you know when they're when they're thinking about this medium. Uh, you know, I I I think another thing is that people. Uh, you know, who are enthusiasts for for transmedia and I'm certainly am myself, but uh, there's kind of a tendency to see everything as a potential transmedia story. And I don't think that's necessarily the case. Um, I think, uh, you know, what's, what's really important is that, you know, stories be allowed to tell themselves in their own way. And uh, if there's if 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 a story, you know, generates sufficient interest that uh, people are willing to follow it across different media platforms, uh, you know, then that's great. But I think the important thing to focus on is the story, uh, not the transmedia.
0: Yeah, it's almost people are so concerned with the pipes, they're not concerned about the content that has to go through these pipes, you know, they're they're focused on this mechanism, which is really important and really interesting. But there's always a danger that it almost becomes a gimmick versus a, a value add. Yeah,
1: right, exactly. I mean, that's certainly the danger. You know, it's sort of like if if you're you know just just writing a novel and you uh, and you spent all your time worrying about uh, you know how paragraphs and chapters and how long the chapters should be and you know, and all of that, all of the mechanics, um, uh, you, you know, of, and other things, of course, uh, you know, the mechanics of storytelling um, versus the, the, the story itself. I mean, obviously, there's no way you can fully separate the two, but uh, uh, I think what's important here, what's important to keep in mind is that the stories that people want to follow across different media platforms, the stories that people really want to engage in, these are very, very powerful and powerfully told stories um, and uh, uh, that 's what 's important the, the The transmedia aspect is um, uh, you know comes comes later uh, i pretty much
0: you don 't want to over optimize for success
1: <laughs> yeah, I suppose you could say that.
0: You know, and that's I guess that's a danger sometimes saying, All right, well this world's gonna go all these different places but it's hard enough to break through all the noise and get someone to read a book or watch a movie and then also imagine that they're gonna not only do that, they're gonna hop on your Twitter, they're gonna do all these different uh, new experiences with your extensions, and maybe they will, but it's there's there's a there's already a fight to win and the first fight's to make something good and get them yeah, to read it or watch
1: right, it. Right, exactly.
0: Exactly. Now um with your background in journalism, I think this question is uh, – I is just want to get your take on it. So do you feel that um, traditional film critics, do you think they should be able to review, transmedia experiences, or an entirely new type of reviewer should emerge to handle this type of work?
1: Well – it's an interesting question and it's it's kind of analogous to uh you know to uh, like like should a conventional uh film studio make them or should uh you know should should a new type of studio emerge um, and I think you know I think ultimately what's going to happen is that an entirely new generation of people is going to is going to grow up to for whom this is just entirely natural behavior but we're obviously not there yet and um uh you know pretty much everybody who's working whether as a critic or as a producer or as a writer is someone who's used to primarily focusing on one medium or another and so i think that's going to you know just have to be the way it is for a while and eventually uh you, you know i think all of these things will converge because I mean, what's really happening here, I think one of the engines that's really driving all this is that the internet is really such a chameleon. It's it's really the first medium that, that subsumes all other media. Uh, you know, it used to be that if you wanted to, you know, if you wanted to read a magazine or a book, you had to buy the magazine or, or the book. Uh, if you wanted to see a movie, you had to go to a movie theater. If you wanted to watch a TV show, you had to turn on the TV. Uh, you know, these were all different devices, different places. Uh, you know, different things that you had to do, and now all of these things are are you know coming through you know coming from the same place, and uh, you know we might have um, different devices to access them, like you know a computer or a TV screen or a uh, um, uh, a, a tablet or or something of the sort, but. Uh, you know all of these things uh, all of these devices are you know still able to you know to play all these different media um, formats and uh, you know this is uh, <laughs> this is really new I think we in a way we kind of almost take it for granted, and we don 't appreciate how how new and different th- um, this is and so I think that 's one of the things that 's you know ultimately kind of driving uh, the trend toward transmedia and i think that's why it's you know the the trend is ultimately uh, a very natural one it just takes a while for it to to find its own level so to speak
0: well you see at this moment a lot of the press will take transmedia and then there there's more about the novelty mm-hmm. of it versus let's let's look at the quality of this overall experience and does this enrich the story? Or is this So it's, it's interesting that at this point, I, I guess the idea of transmedia storytelling isn't new, but the ways, the mechanisms that allow people to tell these stories provides new opportunities that haven't happened in the past. Because people go, well, you know, there's Star Wars was transmedia, these were transmedia, that's great. But like you said, there's all sorts of new devices and the internet's so much faster to consume video. So the capabilities are are much more powerful so i guess the question is Is just when what when we get when when we get past the fact that it's a novelty and it's and it, it's used the market uh content to the mothership what how do how are people going to review the transmedia aspect of a of a film or a tv show or a novel like how how do people rank it you know that's that's a tough you know for me at least what do you feel about it
1: yeah i mean the, you know it is kind of a tough question and and Uh, You know, I think you just have to consider the whole, you know, what what does it add to the whole experience, and how does the you know to what extent does the whole experience add up? You know, sometimes it adds up, and sometimes it doesn't. I mean, the you know the the alternate reality games that were done for Lost were not terribly successful, but on the other hand, the um, you know the 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 web videos that were created for Battlestar Galactica, uh, you know, um, uh, some of those were were pretty great, and they managed to explore an aspect of of the story that, uh, you know, that, that the, the TV show itself wasn't able to explore, you know, they could expand on certain characters, they could, you know, uh, take the story in, in uh, you know, deeper. Um, and yet, at the same time, uh, you know, not, uh, not take it to such a place that if you weren't following these videos, you couldn't follow the TV show. And I think that's a real trap. That's uh, that's a big problem with transmedia stuff. Um, you know, how do you how do you you know both manage to enhance the story through different media platforms, and yet uh, at the same time enable people to follow the story who aren't following all of these different platforms? It's not an easy thing. And uh, you know, I, I I think the you know the uh, just. Just about among the most successful examples uh, uh, was the Battlestar Galactica uh, videos for precisely this reason. They enriched the story, but they didn't take it off in a different direction.
0: So will that be the Citizen Kane of transmedia storytelling? <laughs> I don't know. I think there's there's
1: a lot of uh, things that are kind of vying for the Citizen Kane. Um, I, I, I don't think we're quite there yet. Um, you know, I, I certainly think the alternate reality game for the Dark Knight, uh, another 42 Entertainment project. I think that was, uh, um, you know, that that was perhaps the most. Uh, uh, the most intense and dramatic and successful to date. Um, but uh, uh, you know, that said, I think there's, um, I think there's a lot more uh, that can be done, and you, you know, uh, different different projects show you know show um, different aspects or, or different pathways to success. And I think that um, you know, I do think the Battlestar Galactica uh, example was a, you know was a really good one.
0: Now, now we're moving to kind of this uh, wacky uh, topic. Okay, mm-hmm. so how could transmedia storytellers hijack a recent news story or a meme and transform them into a rabbit hole that takes audiences into a completely fictional world? Like, for instance, <laughs> the meteorites flying over Russia could be a science fiction story. Yeah. How do you think this could happen? Do you think this is going to ever really catch yeah, on? Yeah.
1: Right. No, um, uh, it, it certainly could catch on. I mean, I was just, you know, an hour ago watching uh, YouTube videos of the, of as you say, the meteor flying over Russia. Uh, pretty amazing stuff, and um, uh, yeah, you could you could definitely see a War of the Worlds type treatment for that. Um, uh, there's also a uh, um, a fascinating review in the. Uh, new york times book review um, the the one that comes out tomorrow of a book about a, uh, an attempted assassination of Abraham Lincoln in the um, you know in Baltimore the month before he was inaugurated so after the election before the inauguration he was uh, he was on this train trip from uh, Springfield Illinois to New York City and then from New York down to uh, down to Washington DC for the inauguration and um, uh, Pinkerton the famous detective had been uh, brought in to uh, you know to, to sort of find out what was going on and he got wind of a plot in Baltimore to assassinate Lincoln as he, was, uh, as he was traveling through the city on this, you know, sort of whistle stop. And, uh, uh, you know, as a result, they bypassed Baltimore and, uh, you know, Lincoln safely got to Washington. But you could certainly see the makings of a great movie uh, or a great TV series in, in that. And uh, you can certainly see some, uh, you know, very interesting uh, transmedia possibilities as well
0: because you have like this alternate reality that's happening simultaneously as the as as reality is happening and and i think i think that i think that thing that's interesting is you have uh you have like if it's the linking story or even happening like trending on twitter you have this there's a focus this attention on this on this and this part of the world whether or not it's russia or whatever it's taking place and i think when you look at like a Tron or a Harry Potter transmedia experience or ARG, they have the privilege of all that attention, all those eyeballs on it. So even if you could, there's a small amount of uh, conversions, it's still a large amount because they're pulling from a giant audience. Yeah, that's
1: right.
0: But when you're, say for instance, being you're like, let's work together and just create a little transmedia experience. We're starting from scratch. So we don't have Star Wars. We don't have those. But if you could focus on like, the Russia with the meteorites or Abraham Lincoln, if you could focus on something that could anchor it and pull attention to it, I think you could have a lot more people engaged with a new experience.
1: Yeah, right.
0: And generate. Yeah, price. I
1: mean, it, it basically comes down to uh, what makes a good story. And, uh, you know, what does make a good story? It's, a, you know, whatever engages people, uh, whatever captures people's imagination. Uh, you know, obviously, um, um, and a uh, uh, an unheard of, uh, I mean, more or less unheard of, uh, you know, it's not as if it didn't exist in history, but it's not something we're very familiar with, Uh, um, uh, assassination attempt, uh, you know, before the Civil War even started. involving a, a famous detective uh you know who even today is uh, you know more or less a household name uh, more than 150 years later uh, you know that that is that clearly has the makings of a good story i mean you know what it really comes down to is uh you know what makes a good transmedia story is pretty much what makes a good story of any sort and um uh you know there's there's not anything I don't think dramatically different about um, a transmedia story, except that it has to be, uh, you know, uh, I think ideally it should um, prove itself, you know, worthy of gaining an audience in the first place, and um, and it should, uh, um, you know, just just it it it. Needs to it needs to be there. It needs to uh, it needs to say something, and there needs to be some kind of demand for it.
0: Well, I, I think that the 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 you know the what makes up a great story is is a universal because we all live and die, and I think that you know what makes up a film or radio play it all connects. But at least with um, I think the difference is with a transmedia story is that you're asking more from your audience. You're asking they're asking them to potentially migrate uh, for. A, from more than two platforms to experience this content. And so I think that it's almost, it's almost even a harder challenge because you're asking for more time and you're asking for people to shift from place to the next and all, all that. And I think the, as i I've seen a lot of transmedia projects that they might be interesting, but they're, they don't get that uh, groundswell they don't have this huge audience that sometimes you'll see like a viral video or get a certain types of content, but they demand less. So I think that's a challenge uh, with them. And when you look at like the dark Knight or, certain, you know, big, you know, successful transmedia campaigns is that there's that huge push and it's such a recognizable IP that people are willing you're able to find those hardcore fans that are willing to, to travel and then from one platform to the next.
1: Yeah, right. Um uh, that's that's definitely the case. Um you know I, I think that um I, I think there's a there's a sense in which people uh, you know it's not just that you're asking them to uh, travel people um, you know people sort of expect it if it's a if it's a story that people really respond to then they uh, you know they expect that there's going to be uh, you know more to it than just um, you know a two and a half hour movie say um, or a book um, so so uh, there's a, there's a, I think there's a real give and take between the author and the audience. And, uh, and, and I don't really mean to suggest that uh, you, know, you, you need to kind of wait, or certainly I don't mean to suggest that the, uh, you should do the transmedia aspect as an afterthought. Um, what, what I'm really trying to say is that you need to focus on the story first. Uh, It has to be a really compelling story. And if it's a compelling story, if it's a compelling enough story, then there will be uh, an audience for the story and there will be an audience for the transmedia aspects of the story as well.
0: Makes sense. And um, when people are talking about now dual-screen storytelling, it seems most activities are on Twitter. What other players do you think will enter the space and will Twitter evolve with this new competition
1: yeah, um, you know, I'm not entirely sure. I mean, I, I think uh, you know you're you're beginning to see. Uh, uh, I mean, you could certainly see um, Instagram, for example. Uh, you know, ha- having having a role in this. Uh, you know, so there have certainly been um, uh, Tumblers uh, that have been used for things like this. Um, uh, Twitter is kind of uniquely powerful because it's so constrained um, and and it's so open at the same time I mean I, I really you know every time I think about Twitter I kind of marvel at it <laughs> you know it's really remarkable <laughs> uh, and you know it's it's kind of become this uh, this this, go-to place now that, you know, government officials announce stuff on it, you know, not just in the U.S., but all over the world, uh, you know, business leaders, all kinds of people. It's, it's you know, very rapidly evolving into a universal medium. And I think that's just truly remarkable. Um, you know, that said, I don't think that it's... Um, it's Necessarily, um, I mean, it's 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 a very good tool for audience engagement. Um, it's not necessarily, um, you know, the 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 best way, or certainly not the only way to, uh, you know, to to tell a story through other media. Um, you know, Tumblr certainly gives you richer possibilities in a way. Um, you know, there's there's lots of other. There's lots of other, uh, you know, tools like that, um, but this is kind of what I'm talking about when I when I talk about the grammar of storytelling, and all of these, all of these tools are, uh, you know, relatively new, and new ones keep coming along all the time. I mean, uh, you know, two years ago, uh, whoever heard of Pinterest, and um, uh, so so it's kind of you know we're, it's kind of a moving target. And uh, it's, I, th- I think that's why it's going to be a while before the stuff settles down. But that's fine because it makes it really exciting. And, uh, you know, uh, how many people get it to be around when an entirely new, uh, you, you know, new media are being invented and new, uh, you know, entirely new forms of storytelling? It's really um, a r- remarkable uh, time right now, I think.
0: Oh, definitely, and uh, with uh, all these new uh, forms of storytelling, there's also new opportunities for content creators, and we're seeing Amazon and Netflix are getting into the game with original series and films. Do you feel they could create a more of a immersive experience based on their content, and uh, do you see their investments paying off in the future?
1: Yeah, um i think um i mean it's very interesting the possibilities for um you know for for immersive experiences i mean, I mean uh, you know just what, uh, what what netflix has just done by by releasing uh, an entire uh tv season at once you know is kind of remarkable and people Almost don't quite know what to make of it. I mean, it, it, you know, there's a there's a sense in which, even as we, uh, uh, you know, um, uh, rebel against the format of you know new episodes coming out every week we also kind of rely on that even, even if even if that's not how we actually watch the watch the shows I mean you know it's certainly if nothing else that creates lots of spoiler problems when uh, you know when when the whole season is released at once how do you actually talk about it with people um, th- that's that's not exactly clear but um, no I, I think I think these are uh, you know, certainly uh, the outfits that are that are perhaps best um, best positioned to explore, you know, new forms of uh, new forms of immersiveness, uh, for precisely this reason, because they're not, uh, you know, they're, they're they're not beholden to old ways of doing things, and they're they're free to um, pretty much invent stuff from scratch and come up with new ideas.
0: And do you feel this is gonna with this, you know, them potentially exploring this ex- uh, content and new films releasing it? Do you think this is a long long-term goal, or do you feel that that Amazon Netflix are gonna leave the game uh, earlier earlier than people expect? I'm sorry.
1: Do I think they'll leave the game?
0: Do you think um, because you see like Netflix and Amazon, Amazon they're they're committing to it right mm. now. But do you think this is a long- term strategy, or is this going to kind of spin off into just kind of a little thing that they like experiment that they tried?
1: I suspect it's going to be a long term thing. I mean I'm sure there's an aspect of experimentation to it right now uh, you know you you' you you want to uh, you want to try it and see how it works and uh, take your lessons from that. but i you know it's a pretty ambitious thing to be doing and i think that uh, i suspect that both of them are going to be in it for the long term um, i think that you know really what's happening is that all the barriers are coming down uh, you know the the television industry is um is at this point based on the whole system of of cable channels and uh cable network operators uh cable systems operators i should say like you know comcast time warner cable and so forth uh and um uh, uh, there's a lot of money that goes back and forth uh around these things and that's what uh, that's what pays for these productions um if uh, if somebody like amazon or netflix or you know conceivably hulu although that seems unlikely at the moment um comes in and uh and disrupts that. Um, it could be. It could be very, very interesting. And uh, and it's pretty clear that that's the kind of thing that Amazon and Netflix at least want to do.
0: All right. And uh, that makes that makes sense. And, and this, here's a last question. Um, and is this kind of based on you know you've written these books and you've studied this innovation and see where the entertainment industry is going. And uh, the thing is, how are the film schools? How can they change, you know, and develop and you know, iterate to stay relevant to prepare these uh, filmmakers into this whole new world of storytelling?
1: Yeah, uh, that's a very, very good question. Uh, you know, I've, I've, um, I've spent a certain amount of time talking with um, with film students and uh, 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 and others, and uh, you know, I think, I mean, I've. Uh, I've been to uh, Henry Jenkins' class at USC. Uh, I think that uh, it's it's very challenging for everyone concerned, I think, because you have a bunch of things happening at once. Uh, at the same time that you have the forms of storytelling uh, changing and, and, and shifting um, quite radically, you also have the... Uh, you know and for for many of the same reasons you have the uh, you, you know the the business is obviously um, becoming more and more challenged and uh, it's it's not exactly easy to know how uh, um, to, to, to know how to deal with uh, even one of them, much less both of them at the same time, but you know nonetheless that's what we have to deal with because that's the world that we're in right now and uh, uh you know I think the best thing that uh, uh, film schools and other schools can do is to have people who uh are really um, uh you know really deeply involved in this and uh you know who who understand as much as possible, where things are going, or at least what the possibilities are. And, uh, you know, I think that's that's really um, all that any of us can ask. I don't think anybody has, I don't think there's a magic bullet. I don't think anybody has all the answers right now. I, uh, I, I definitely think that some people are more uh, cognizant than others and, you know, more more open to Uh, what's um, to to, to what's going on and uh, I think those are the people we have to listen to
0: thanks for listening to another episode of Hollywood 2.0 feel free to email me at catsfilms at gmail.com it's KTZ and you can check me out at petercats.net